Good morning. I think I'm on. Uh, I do, do ask you, uh, glad you all are here this morning. I did do the, the welcome earlier today, but Brother Sean is uh, off. His family, his father passed away uh, a little over a week ago, and so he is off with his family, and I know that went out in an email. And so uh, continue to pray for him and uh, his family, uh, his siblings and, and mom. And so uh, him and I were chatting a little bit yesterday, uh, yesterday about lost my voice. And so he was asking how I was doing. I said, this may be short today. Uh, <clears throat> so just, just bear with me and my voice uh, a little bit. Uh, to me, it sounds a little funny. I don't know if it sounds funny to you or not. Maybe. How many of y'all think my voice sounds funny? How many of you think it sounds funny all the time anyway? Yeah, Jerry, amen. There's more hands up for that than there was uh, before that. That's, 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 that's harsh. But uh, uh, So just, just bear with me this morning. Uh, so really, uh, really tried to, to pray and discern what God would really have me to, to teach uh, this morning, to preach this morning. And so came up with this idea of who are you? So if you've got a pen or paper, uh, pull that out. We are actually going to be in Ephesians chapter 1. We're not going to read that right now. But um, uh, if you've got a pen and paper, uh, just for fun, write down who you are on that paper, uh, piece of paper. Um, while I'm talking, you, can, you might have a short list, you might have a long list. But I really thought about this question of like, who are you? I have water already. Thank you. Uh, who are you? I, you know, we, 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 if you think about that question, and the, I was really thinking like, who... Whoever asked that question, right? Like, you know, do you, do you just, somebody come to you and say, who are you? Tell me who you are. That seems kind of uh, existential or, you know, deep uh, philosophical thinking. And so I was thinking about that. So, uh, um, so I always talk about James in my sermons, but this time I'm actually having James. James, why don't you come on down? Say hi, James. Hi. This is James. Uh, I love going out in public with James. James and I, we do spend a lot of time together because I coach him in two sports and he's in student leadership and he's in youth group. And, uh, and I always like to go uh, like to the person that the cashier would have like, how old do you think he is? And he, what, what's your average age? I know what your average age is because I asked that question. What does everybody think? How old you are? 15 or 16. Yeah, last time he was 17 or 18 and I was like, no, he's 13. Uh, you want to grab that? There you go. Uh, and like, no, he's 13, but your birthday's this month, right? Yeah. So I asked James earlier this week, I said, James, who are you with a question mark? And that was it. And what did you reply back? I said that I am James Cohn. I'm 13 years old. I go to Valley, go to school at Valley Springs. Was that it? I do track cross country and I participate in student leadership. And so I'm like, that's, that's a pretty good answer. That's not bad, right? That's, most of us, that's what we would answer. And I, I said, but James, who are you? And then you responded back like, what do you mean? And so I'm like, well, what, who are you as a Christian? Go ahead. You never responded back, so I'm curious. No, you didn't respond back. Go ahead. We'll all be surprised together. I am a follower. I'm a believer. I am a servant, and I'm a leader. All right, James. Anything else? Does anybody have any questions for James? <laughs> All right. Uh, here, take that. Um, 
When we were at fall retreat in September, James, uh, we went to, there was an evangelist breakout session. There were about 60 students in there and uh, uh, went through how to share a testimony. And the guy leading it said, hey, does anybody want to share the testimony? So James got up and shared his testimony in front of 60 people. And the guy's like, hey, does anybody have any questions for him? And at that moment, it looked like James was about to die. And so, uh, but uh, his, his boldness to share his faith uh, with other people and to stand, it's not easy to stand up in front of people, especially as a... Uh, 13 year old and so uh, and so I had the interaction just to see what somebody might react when you when you ask that question to somebody because we probably don't tend to ask ourselves that question of, of who who are we because there's so many levels that can apply to you know for me I, I really thought about it so I lined mine out said well I'm, I'm a child right I, we're all children we're all somebody's child right that's how we ended up here on planet earth we're all somebody's child and then uh, and I went, I went through a timeline, you know, because I'm, you know, I, I follow lines. So somebody's child, I'm a student. I was an athlete in middle school and high school. And then, uh, then I was a husband and then a father. And then I was uh, a pastor, teacher, coach, uh, and then a friend. And so, I, you know, I wrote mine out in sort of a timeline. Um, and those are, those are good things, right? That's what we tend to identify with. And some of those things, like all of us in here can identify as a child, Right? We can all identify as a child. Uh, some of us can identify as parents. Some, some of you, I'm not a grandparent yet, uh, but some of you here are grandparents and you can identify what a grandparent life is about, right? Because it's about who you are, what you do, and, and that kind of life that, that, that is. You know, if you're an athlete, then uh, you know what that kind of life is. And if you're a coach, and your coaches, you know, uh, know how that life goes. And so we, we all, some of us in here have the same uh, type of life and some of us are a little bit different and that's what makes us unique and special and those are the things that kind of make up who we are but you know who we are really deeper and if you're in this room and you're a Christian well what does that mean as to who I am because when I really and, and James was the same way I was like who am I and I listed out these things that were just kind of the roles and the things that I do and those things kind of identify who I am but really who am I uh, and, and even sometimes the question might be is, who am I supposed to be? You ever thought about that? Like, who am I and who am I supposed to be? Don't worry, this isn't philosophy class. Uh, uh, if, if it is, I never took philosophy in college because it's just to maybe talk in circles. So, um, but, you know, so, so who am I who, or who am I supposed to be? And, and as we look at what does it mean to be a Christian, what, is, what does that mean? What, what is that supposed to look like in my life, especially if I'm a student or an athlete or a husband or a parent? And what does that look like? And I was really thinking, you know, you, you know, the new year comes around, you get a typical New Year's message, you know, a new year, new you. Last year I preached the same Sunday, and it was the worst year ever. That was the title of the sermon. And, um, you know, this year has been kind of rough, but not near as rough as the year before. And so you know, well, this is a new year. School starts tomorrow. It's a new semester for our high school students, uh, our college students. It's a new semester for them. If you're a teacher, or coach, uh, you know, some of the sports are turning over. And so it's, it's a new year. It's 2022. And so what does that really mean for us? Because I know a lot of us, we look back like, well, what are the things I want to change from last year? How many of you want to make some changes from some of the things you did last year? Probably some of us. How many of them are food-related? Exercise-related? Has anybody joined the gym yet? No. Um, 
You know, so we, you know, I want to do better at school. I want to do better with my finances. I want to do better with what I'm eating. Uh, I want to spend more time uh, with God. I want to spend uh, more time developing my skill and talent as an athlete or student. I want to spend more time with my family. And so, you know, it's a new year. It's a, it's a chance for us to maybe change some things. And so when we look at who we are, uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 1. And this is a long passage. I'm going to read 1 through, one through 14. And it's, it's a really long passage, and I'm not really going to kind of break it down. Uh, you can, uh, you can uh, take this home with you uh, in your Bible and kind of uh, break it down a little bit uh, more in depth. <clears throat> it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love it when Paul, like, have you ever greeted somebody like this? Like, hey, man, it's great to see you. It's awesome. Grace and peace and mercy upon you. How are you doing? Like, we don't do that. I was like, hey, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, but I, I love Paul and his letters when he, when he does that to people. I think it's really, uh, really encouraging. And sometimes he does that, and then he, you know, rips you apart. Uh, those, that's also good, too. I, I would employ that method when I taught sometimes. Oh, you all are awesome, except for this. Uh, your parents might do that, too, right? So... In verse 3 it says, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in, in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed upon us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to his riches and his grace which he has lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention which he uh, purposed in him with a view to uh, administration suitable to the fullness of times that is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first of hope in Christ would be uh, to the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed, with, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who was given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession in the praise of his glory. Let's pray real quick. Lord, this morning, I'm thankful for the opportunity that we have to gather uh, this morning uh, around your word, Lord, as a faith community, Lord. I, I pray even now that you speak to, to all of us uh, in this room as we uh, spend this time together, Lord. We are mindful of Brother Sean and his family and uh, to keep them uh, in your prayers as well, Lord. Uh, in this new year, as we uh, prepare for a new semester and a uh, second half of the year for school, uh, Lord, a fiscal year for a lot of financial and, and business institutions, Lord, uh, the opportunity to seek you and to serve you in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. So, when we talk about our identity or the identity we're supposed to have in Christ or the identity that God has given us, right? Because we are made in the image of God. 
And so what does that look like? And so that image is, is this concept or idea of, you know, when we behold who God is. So what is beholding God? God beholding God is spending time with God, uh, acknowledging his grandeur and his beauty, and, uh, and developing a familiarity of who we are called to reflect. It's that idea of, you know, who, who am I? And as a Christian, I'm supposed to reflect who God is. It's that idea of, uh, I don't really look in a mirror very much, which my wife would say, that's true, uh, if you've seen my hair half the time. Um, but, you know, how many of you look in a mirror every day, at least once? Any, any of y'all look in a mirror at least once? And you see, you know, your hair's out of place, your hair's a little grayer than it used to be, uh, or you may have a little bit less hair than you used to, or you've got toothpaste somewhere, you know, on your face, or you dripped it on your shirt. And you kind of, right, you adjust. You, the ladies, you put your makeup on, right? So you, you look into a mirror and you adjust yourself and you, you fix things up. And, and so you do that because you have a certain thing you want to reflect, right? Unless I impose the I don't care method a lot of times with my, with my hair or, or whatever. But, but you have a certain way you want to look and, uh, and go out looking like that. And so it's like looking in a mirror. And so as Christians... You know, we, we want to reflect that. So what is it that we're supposed to, to look like? And, and I really thought Ephesians chapter 1 uh, was a really good place uh, to go to. Because in the description of who we are in Christ, uh, he kind of rattles off a few things. Right, first thing is faithful in Christ in verse 1. That means that as believers, you know, in Jesus, believers in him, that we are firm and constant and been following his truth and his ways. Like we, are, we understand his commands and we, we understand them, we follow them, we adhere to them in, in the ways. I uh, still, you know, when they talked about the way and those people who followed Jesus were called the way. And back in the 60s, I believe they had a Bible that was called the way. 60s or 70s was called the way. And uh, man, I just I always, always thought that concept was, was really cool uh, because people were, you know, identified as Christians but following in, in the way of Jesus and because they are believers and they are they understand what he is what he's who he is and who we are supposed to be and so it's, it's really an idea of that measuring stick if we read this in in Ephesians of you know who are we supposed to be well we're supposed to be, understand his truths his ways and following that and to be firm and constant in that and, and I think that's where usually the, you know we go man I really haven't been following Christ like I should have been and I need to make some changes um, you know, our, our technology today, you know, a lot of times we struggle with our time in the Bible and reading. And, you know, if you've got a tablet or a phone and the Bible app, uh, one of the things that, that our students, some, some of our student leaders do is they have um, in the app, they have a Bible study that they go to and they do on there and then they invite me in it, which sometimes it's hard to do three Bible studies in a day uh, or, or um, in that. Uh, but it's always a constant uh, accountability of, of doing that and, and following that. Um, because we, we have that technology to be able to do that. And, you know, and then another person keeping us accountable uh, to, to do that. And, and it's in studying and, and understanding God's word that we reflect his image because when we reflect it, right, we're carrying that image around with us. It's kind of like uh, pictures. Uh, how many of y'all have pictures in your wallet or your purse? So some of y'all do that, right? You, you carry around pictures and, and images in there, especially if you're, I mean, I'm not a grandparent yet, but I imagine if I had grandkids, I'd put pictures in my wallet. Although I've gone to a, a minimalist style. In my wallet, I actually have pictures of my kids when my son was one and my daughter was seven. That way people think I'm younger. Um, just a little trick, like, oh, here's my kids. 
Right? Oh, wow. How old are you? Well, you know. Um, <laughs> just a little trick, you know, guys. You know, like, oh, you're young. Um, just, just a little, little trick there. But I, those are actually pictures on my wallet, mostly because we haven't taken family pictures in, uh, it seems like a while. But, uh, uh, but that image, right? The image of my kids reflects my kids. It's what they looked like when they were one and when they were seven years old. And I can show people, like, this is, I do have kids, and this is what they look like. And they usually go, well, your son looks just like you. Yes, yes, he does. Um, because it, it is a reflection. You know, if I had, you know, pictures of our family, my kids now, and I was like, here, here's a photograph picture of uh, my kids. And because it is evidence, it is proof that I actually have kids and who they are. And so as Christians, and we are reflecting uh, who uh, God is, well, what is it that we're supposed to look like in the pictures? Because, um, you know, we all don't necessarily look like Jesus, so what is it that we're supposed to reflect? So here's a few things uh, in Ephesians. So Paul writes several things in, the, in this section. I'm just going to kind of go through it quickly. So, uh, you know, as a believer in God, you know, he calls us saints. Uh, verse 1, he chose us in verse 4, adoption to himself as sons, as family in verse 5, sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, that's in verse 13, and guaranteed of our inheritance, and that's verse 14. And so, in these things, Paul reminds us, as Christians, who we are. Because I think sometimes we need a reminder of who we are. Right? If you're a child, and you're not doing what you're supposed to, your parents remind you of what you're supposed to be doing, right? Or who you are. It's a little bit of, of correction. And when we're in school, and if we don't get the answers right, we, we have correction, and we understand of what the correct answer is and what it's supposed to be. If you're on an athletic field or court, right, you don't do something right, you are corrected and you are reminded and encouraged uh, to do what you are supposed to. You're reminded of what the, the correct way is. And so Paul reminds us, reminds in the church of Ephesus at this time, of, you know, who we are, what, what God has bestowed upon us, what it is that he has given to us as believers. And I, I kind of researched this a little bit, and uh, kind of the, the, the way this ended up going uh, down a path was, you know, this language is really used um, as a personal relationship. Uh, it turns out, I was really studying, Ephesus was an area of a lot of idol worship that was taking place in the time of Ephesus. And so there was a lot of idol worship going on. And so in this, in this chapter, Paul really uses words that are relational, that are familial, family-related, that the God that we worship, the God that we serve, is personal, right? There's, there's a personal relationship. It's not like worshiping uh, a golden image or a wooden image or something uh, that's made out of stone that there is no relationship with, that we have a relationship uh, with a God, and it is family, it is relational. And, he, and Paul uses these words to, to make that point. And, you know, I think sometimes for us, uh, and, I, and I experience this, especially, especially lately, is that our prayer time a lot of time can be a monologue, right? It's just one person talking instead of a dialogue and two people talking. And, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but, you know, I, I would assume there are times in your life when you think that your prayer time feels like a monologue, where you're just talking and nothing's listening to you, and like your prayers are just hitting the roof, going nowhere. And you know, where is God? Why is God not answering my prayers? Why is God not listening to me? Um, 
and, and we feel like it's just a monologue and it really is meant to be a dialogue. And in those times in my life, I generally have to stop and, and really say, well, how's my time in the Bible coming along? Am I really listening to what God has for me out of God's word? And is it really affecting my prayer life? You know, I, years ago, one of the things I realized is the more time I pray for other people over myself, it really softens my heart and, and softens my mind and my direction for my own life when I'm praying for other people and, and God's will in their life and what that looks like. And, you know, I, and I think for us, it's important. I, I think, it's, you know, God desires a relationship with every single person in this room, every single person that's outside of this room in our county, in our state, and in the world. And so, you know, we send out missionaries uh, throughout our state, throughout our world. Uh, we just finished the season of Lottie Moon, uh, which I well, did want to mention. We uh, exceeded our goal, I think, by $1,000, $1,500 uh, here at the church, and that goes to International Mission Board. Uh, and that's missionaries that are sent outside of North America uh, through our Southern Baptist Convention. So thankful for everybody that gave uh, to that uh, this year to make that uh, possible because uh, they would go out and they would be uh, the photo that would be represented as Christ around uh, the world. I have friends that serve in IMB. They are overseas uh, in, in undisclosed locations and uh, uh, spreading God's word uh, through various uh, ways. A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I, I was, we, were t we talked about identity in the youth group a few weeks ago uh, and this concept, and that's what kind of led me to ask James uh, some of those questions, see if he was paying attention from a few weeks ago uh, a little bit. But um, I, I kind of mentioned this idea is that I want you to close your eyes and just, just listen. So imagine somebody that you know really well and you're in a hallway and they start walking towards you. What's the first thing that comes into your mind? Now you can open your eyes. See, the thing is like... Uh, and I, and I realize this is a long term. The, the saying that says you only have one chance to make a first impression, and then that first impression usually sticks with you, is that, you know, the, the people in our lives, like we, we have our identity, and there's how people see us in our identity. And, you know, when somebody's at work, somebody comes walk, walking towards you, you have a thought about that person, don't you? If one of your kids comes walking to you at home, right, you have a thought. If you're a teacher... Certain, certain students come start walking towards you. You're like, can I hide, please? Uh, one of your kids is bleeding, right? You have, what did your older brother do to you again? Um, you know, we have these preconceived ideas of people when they come in our direction, right? And, you know, what is that, what is that perceived identity of you when you're walk, walking towards somebody? And I can mean different things for, for different situations, um, but we tend to do that. And, and I, like I told the students, I said, you know, it's, it's really hard, right? It's really hard not to do that. It's really hard not to do that. And, and, the, and the hardest part probably in this is that if you uh, are, are a Christian and you have made a mistake, you have sinned, and, and I see this in small towns all the time, you know, I dealt, dealt with this all the time in small towns, that if you have a student who does something wrong, right, they, they sin, uh, and they do something wrong, and no matter amount of apology, right, it always sticks with them, right? Because in a small town, it's a small bubble, and it always sticks with them. Uh, just like if you do something good, it tends to, uh, to stick with you, right? And, and so people just have that 
preconceived idea that, you know, well, that person, yeah, they did, you know, when they come walking towards me, like that person did this, and man, I just can't forgive that, or they're always going to be that way. And, you know, when they come to Christ, right, that, that identity of the past oftentimes is still put on them by other people, and it makes it really, really, really hard uh, to live your faith out uh, when you have that coming uh, against you. And, and for me, it was a reminder for me, uh, a few years ago in Berryville, we had an incident that was, it was, it was kind of, it was a little rough, and um, there's a student that I had in youth group, and we, we kind of worked through it and stuff, but it, I mean, it was so, uh, you know, and the repentance and forgiveness and, and all those things were in play, and genuinely s- sorry of, of what happened, and, uh, but man, just like, people wouldn't let it go, like, it was always with them, and ended up having to transfer to another school district, uh, because it just wouldn't, just couldn't, you know, other people just couldn't let it go and, and offer that grace and forgiveness and, and uh, in that. And so it, it's, it's hard, uh, you know, so if you're sitting in here and you're like, say, well, next year I want to make some changes, all right, it, it's hard. Like, it, it's hard if you, you know, if you're like, ice cream's my thing. Actually, it was potato chips. And I, I gave up potato chips, but uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually, Sean showed off his, his socks. I got French fry socks um, as a Christmas gift, as a joke. Um, and so, right, like, like giving up potato chips is really, really hard. And some people are like, man, just forget it. It's useless. You have no willpower, uh, which was the case for a long time. And, uh, like, no, no, I got to do better. I got to do better. I got to be better. I, and so, you know, like this, this next year for you, I want to be better. I want to do better. Then surround your people. Surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you and encourage you to to do what you want to achieve. All right, if you want to lose weight, uh, I realize you can't hang out at Dairy Queen two times a day, five days a week. You can't. That just does not help. Right? It does not help. It is delicious, um, and and I've cut my time eating there back a little bit, but uh, actually a lot. But that does not help. And so if you hang out people that are always going to take you there. Um, that's not going to help you. It's not going to get you where you need uh, to go. And so, you know, as, as Christians, you know, who, who we surround ourselves with, uh, who it is that we um, uh, use as people to keep us accountable, it, it matters. It, it matters uh, if we're going to be uh, the identity of Christ. Uh, in verse 18 Uh, I'll go ahead and read verses 15 through 18. It says, For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may 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 give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in uh, the saints. And it's in verse 18 where it talks about uh, the eyes of the heart, um, um, where it talks about the eyes of the heart and uh, rendering, this idea of rendering and and knowing or rendering evident. Um, The Greek word is photizo, and that's actually used in our modern word of photo, and, um, and so you could use render evident in this passage uh, or to enlighten, you use the word enlighten. But I, I loved rend, render evident. It's that idea of, 
you know, have I experienced God in such a way where I know who he is, I know his ways, I know his grace, his mercies, I am uh, adopted into his family, I am, I am his, uh, I am serving him, I know him, and do I render that evident in my life? Do I render that evident in my life? Do people look at me and say, I have evidence in my life that I am in fact a Christian, a believer. I am taking those steps. I tell you, there are times where I do not do that. Most of you know that we have the new church sign and about lost my religion. Uh, um, every 25 days, the thing needs to be recycled. It's fine. I mean, not recycled, uh, powered on and off. That's fine. That's no problem. I figured that out after, you know, uh, there's a counter. It tells you how many days it's been operating. You know, like the workplace, 20, you know, 25 days without an accident. It, the sign dams, I reboot, it goes back to zero. Um, and so, you know, I was pretty, I, and, I, and I told Johnson, I was pretty mean. I mean, I was really, I was, man, I really, if I could have strangled somebody through the phone, that, that would have happened. Um, but I, you know, and I'm like, I got to apologize, right? So I, I call Sergio, call him Serge. Uh, we're, family's coming over for, for Christmas next year. Uh, we're, we're tight. Uh, he lives in California, uh, Beverly Hills, drives an Audi. Uh, spent spent too much time with the guy, and so, uh, but you know, I was so frustrated out of that, and I mean, I just, I just, I mean, I about come unglued, and uh, just you know, and I called both parties, and I apologized, said, look, I'm sorry, I just been frustrated. That's not who I am. I don't want to act that way, and and I apologize, and of course, you know, they're like it's it's fine, no problem, whatever, you know. Sean's like it happens, like yeah, I know, but I really let myself. Uh, let, let the frustration in me and ang turn into anger, let it go. And, um, and so, you know, then had to go back and, and apologize because, you know, people were like, man, that guy's crazy, right? Like just a little thing set him off. Uh, and that's not who I am. And that, that's not rendering evident uh, of, of who Christ is and who Christ wants me to be or us to be as Christians. And so, you know, it's, it's important to really think about you know, if, if you take this time to write down who you are and then just to the side go, is that rendering evident that I am a Christian, you know, should get us uh, to think. Um, and, you know, if, if it's not, then, well, what is it that I need to do? What is it that I can do? Um, and some of those things are spending, you know, time in God's word. Some of those are being more engaged in what's going on at church. Uh, Bible study, uh, Sunday school, uh, uh, you know, for our students and college students, there's Bible studies that go on at campuses and off campuses and, and getting engaged in those things and surrounding yourself with people uh, in that. Uh, there is a, a little known fact that I actually have a minor in art. Um, and so part of the, part, part of me was saying, well, you know, well, art and, and how do we uh, appreciate art? I know most of you think, well, I, I, he does art. I said, yeah, I do art. I mostly ceramics, but uh, but I actually have a minor in art. And and I came across this this. Um, there's a gallery that posted eight ways or eight things you should do to appreciate art. How many of y'all like art, like pictures, paintings, museums? Any museum goers? So I'm I'm a ceramics person uh, by by my schooling. So uh, painting was not one of my areas. I didn't do any painting at all. And, um, but you know, there, there's a certain way to appreciate art. So there's eight things a way to appreciate art. And I kind of looked at it like, well, what if we apply this to our spiritual lives? 
in a way. So the first one is to spend time with it. Just allowing the piece to become familiar to you. It's that idea when you go into an art gallery and there's a, a picture that you really want to see. It's, you know, when you see people that sit there, right? They sit at a bench because there's benches in there. And they sit at it and you stare at it and you look at it and you kind of, you know, get a, get a feeling for what is it? What is it the artist is trying to uh, convey? Try to appreciate uh, what it is um, that, it is, that the art is, which is kind of hard when you've got a white canvas with nothing on it, uh, which is modern art. Uh, you're trying to like, it's white, it's, or it's just all black or green. Um, but, but, but then you still go, well, what is the artist trying to, to do through that? So, you know, spending time with it, allowing the piece to become familiar to you. The other thing is to observe some of the basic things about that piece of art. Uh, such as the size, the shape, the medium that's being used. So is it oils? Is it water, paint? Is it, is it wood? Is it clay? Is it, what is it? And um, understand the facts about the painting. Uh, I looked at this kind of like scripture. Like we went through a scripture today and I didn't, do, I didn't do the scripture justice at all today. You could probably spend a good two solid weeks easy going verse by verse, looking at the scripture, studying that scripture. And then, you know, kind of like, well... Uh, there was a lot of pagan worship back then. Well, that, that's not said in Ephesus, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, but that's happening in Ephesus. And, and studying it and looking back, going, well, what's the facts that Paul is writing this through that we can understand? Uh, the third thing is to notice how it causes your eyes to move. It's, it's much like this, this passage in Ephesians 1 is rich. It's full of so much that God has promised us. Uh, that he has called us to and it's, it's so rich in that and then you know when you're looking at a piece of art you see one thing and that detail points to another detail that points to another detail and the interesting thing is is that Karina and I can be looking at the same piece of art we can be looking at the same passage of scripture and my eyes will gravitate this way and Karina's eyes will gravitate that way because with scripture uh, it's impacting our lives and it's moving us in a direction that God wants us to move and that's the most amazing thing of, of 27 years of ministry is that I can read through a, another patch, uh, read the same patches of scripture every year and it moves me and guides me into a different uh, direction. And, you know, because God is, is moving and changing uh, each of us for who he wants us to become. Uh, the last thing is to do some homework. You know, how does, the, how does the, the painting, how does the artwork make you feel? What is it, what is it moving and stirring uh, in your life, um, what is it in there that is 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 the the likes and dislikes? Like what is, what is it in that art? What is it in the Bible? Because if you know if if we actually honestly said there are some things I don't like in the Bible, like you're like oh my gosh, we're gonna have to talk with you in front of the altar, you and the pastor. Like there's some things I don't like in the Bible. Well, there's some things I don't like in the Bible, right? Because it reminds us of the sin in our lives, and we don't we don't like that. But when we read that. And it pricks us and it, and it uh, stabs us, right? It, it moves us. It, it changes us uh, in that. And it should, right? Because it, it, the Bible is also for conviction. It's also uh, to change the direction in which we're going in our lives. Um, and then drawing on a memory and figuring out the actual overall what the meaning of that picture is. And, um, you know, we apply these eight things in our life spiritually, right? It's the same thing. It's the same thing with God's words. It's the same thing with prayer. And, and his ultimate desire to have that uh, relationship with us. And so, you know, I, I didn't do justice at all to this, this passage uh, per se. I, I feel like my voice is about to, to kick out here in a little bit. Um, 
And, and so I didn't do it justice. I, and I encourage you to take this, this chapter home with you and to just take it, take it apart a little bit and really look at it of who am I supposed to be? What has God promised to me? And what is it he, he wants me to be? What photograph am I supposed to be as a Christian to my friends and my family, to my coworkers? Um, what is it that people see when they look at me? Um, and am I reflecting that image that Christ wants me to be? That could take you a long time. Uh, trust me. Every, every, the beginning of every year, I tend to sit down for about a week or two, evaluate the ministries that I've been a part of, the things that I've been doing, and to kind of take that apart. What is it that was a failure? What was that that was a success? What is it that needs to change uh, in what I'm doing, what I'm leading, where I'm guiding? And what is it that, um, that, that God ultimately is leading me uh, to do? Right? Evaluating the, the activities, the extracurricular activities I have, the things that I do, uh, the things that, um, that I've been a part of. And sometimes I add things, sometimes I do away with things. And uh, as, as God leads in that. And so, uh, because sometimes uh, we just end up doing things because we do them. And uh, sometimes we have no purpose or direction when we do some things. But ultimately we do them because God wants us to do them. God wants to glorify us uh, by doing those things um, as we do that with other people. So uh, this morning, I, I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been challenged. Uh, and I hope you uh, will take this home today uh, and take it apart uh, for yourself. So I'm going to go ahead and close this in prayer, and then we will be uh, dismissed. Lord, this morning, thank you for the opportunity uh, to spend some time uh, in your word, Lord. I, I pray that Ephesians uh, chapter 1 uh, will make an impact in our lives, Lord. I, I pray for this next year. I pray for our church. Lord, I pray that for our church. I pray for our leadership in the church. Lord, as we seek to, to love you, we seek to serve you, Lord. We seek to make an impact in the people and the lives around us, whether it's Valley Springs or Boone County, uh, Lord, or it's the state of Arkansas, or maybe even now you're calling people in our church to serve around the world. Uh, Lord, I, I pray for our missions team, uh, Lord, as they uh, come together and, and work on uh, the things and the areas that our church can be more focused on you in, in the direction that we uh, need to go, Lord. Pray for Brother Sean and his leadership, uh, Lord, and, and his family, Lord, and, and grant him mercy uh, and peace and grace, especially in this time, uh, Lord. Uh, uh, and we just pray as we start this new year, as we go out the door tomorrow to work and school uh, in our families, uh, Lord, that we uh, uh, reflect you uh, in our ways of our lives. And it's your name we pray. Amen.